I am excited and honored tonight to be joined by Stanley Heller of Middle East Crisis Committee and Promoting Enduring Peace, as well as the Struggle Video News. Welcome back to Mic Check, Stan. Good evening, everybody. Happy Halloween. And happy Halloween to you, Stan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I hear you're giving out some Snickers bars currently. Yeah, Snicker bars and M&Ms and all sorts of uh, wonderful things. We'll get, we'll get to, to sweet treats in a moment, but first, it's, it's an appropriate and fitting transition from the program we just heard between the lines and the interview that was conducted with your friend, Shelley Altman, from mm -hmm. the New Haven chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace. And, you know, tonight we'll be focusing on your local Palestine advocacy and solidarity work here tonight. And as always, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and so let's get right into it. And let's start off by talking about sweet treats. And specifically, I'm talking about, of course, Ben and Jerry's. And Stan, you helped to organize an event recently at the Ben and Jerry's in downtown New Haven. And the event was, was called Eat an Ice Cream for Palestine. And so, right. Stan, can you give some, some background on, on how, first of all, how Ben and Jerry's ice cream relates to, to Palestine and how, and also the event and how the event went that day? Well, Ben and Jerry's is a, a company that sells its product and has, you know, high-grade ice cream. It's, uh, its main uh, headquarters, I guess you'd say, uh, is Vermont. It's certainly started there. And it uh, had a has a production facility in uh, Israel, not not far from Gaza, on land taken from Palestinians, and uh, it also has sells it sells its ice cream in the West Bank settlements. And for years, uh, people have been asking Ben and Jerry's to stop it. Now, Ben and Jerry's, why that particular country? Because one of their uh, part of their cachet is that they have a conscience and they're not just out to make money, but they want to uh, uh, be good guys and, and uh, you know, do the right thing. And for years, people have been talking about the, the terrible things that the Israeli government's doing and how Ben and Jerry's is uh, profiting from them and, and how it should not be doing this. And so they, Ben and Jerry's at last, after, I don't know, about six, seven years, announced they were going to let a contract run out, and after that runs out, I believe next year, their ice cream won't be sold in the settlements anymore. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a good first step. Uh, we would hope they take the next and not sell in Israel, too, but uh, it's, it's a good step. And for some reason, they've got tremendous media play. I mean, op-eds in the New York Times for, for and against. And um, so the DSA, that's the Democratic Socialists of America, has a work group that deals with international affairs, and it came up with the idea of having an event. So uh, this was a rather pleasant event. So instead of, you know, picketing and yelling and screaming, we went to a Ben & Jerry's in New Haven on Temple Street. And everybody purchased an ice cream and slurped it down, and we took pictures. And we did have some signs that we held outside thanking the corporation for the step they had taken. And, uh, you know, that was it. About 15 people. And uh, we explained to the people, to the workers inside what we were doing, and they seemed pleased. And coincidentally, the night before, Nike 
the athletic uh, shoe company announced that it would stop selling in Israel. And so we had one of our signs uh, thanking the Nike company. So that was, uh, you know, a, a, an easy little uh, pleasant um, thing we, we did. And uh, maybe a few people noticed it. And we ate an ice cream for Palestine. And I would say there's, there's no, wrong reason, no wrong reason to eat an ice cream. <laughs> I mean... Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that's... Uh, and some people had vegan ice creams because Ben and Jerry's doing a commercial for them. I think they had three flavors vegan, which are nice. Yeah, so I had, I had heard about the event and seen the pictures, and I thought that was, uh, you know, like you said, a very unique way of not exactly... wasn't a protest, wasn't a rally, but uh, it was a public event um, to, to continue advocacy and continue raising awareness of what's happening and uh and i thought that was that was a really creative event stan and and if people want to invite us and buy us ice cream we'll make the sacrifice and do it again anywhere in the state (laughs) so we'll see if there's any hard work but somebody's got to do it well before we close out tonight you can we definitely got to have your contact information out there for anyone who wants to to uh, organize their own. Um, but sure. so, so you know, uh, something else that is, is both tied to Connecticut and Israel, Palestine, that happened recently, as you know, is that uh, um, as, as chair of the House Appropriations Committee, Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro from right here in Connecticut introduced a bill to send an extra $1 billion for so-called defense to Israel. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about the bill and and um, and what it all means? All right. Well, first, the, the provision to give Israel an extra billion was going to be part of a, another bill. And uh, some of the people in the Progressive Caucus complained and said, you know, People don't have enough in this country, and you're just tacking this money on here. So they took it out, and they said, you know, who will uh, who will give Israel another billion? And Rosa DeLauro from Connecticut, uh, along with seniority in the Democratic Party, so she's the head of the Appropriations Committee. And so she said she'd do it. And so she brings uh, she brings this bill to give a billion more in, in so, so-called defense spending uh, to Israel for Iron Dome. This is a um, anti-missile system that uh, shoots down um, rather small, unsophisticated rockets that have indeed uh, hurt some people and killed some people. Um, and they call it the Iron Dome. And uh, I mean, it's it's pretty outrageous in a number of reasons. I mean, one. Israel's an apartheid country and shouldn't be getting any money. Shouldn't, shouldn't no no weapons should be sold to them. I mean, did, did, it, it was proper to sell weapons to apartheid South Africa. I mean, uh, that was outrageous. Or to sell weapons to the Soviet Union as it was ravaging Afghanistan. But um, I mean, that that's one thing. But then, just sort of on its own terms, you know, under Obama. Israel said, uh, you know, we need to um, 
be able, be able to make plans. We want to know how much money we're going to get from from uh, the U.S. each year. So instead of just getting it one year at a time, how about send it, setting aside 10 years? And so they did, $38 billion over 10 years, $3.8 billion a year, and that would take care of their defense needs. All right, so they're getting $3.8 billion for defense. So out of that, they should be able to uh, pay for their own refills on the Iron Dome. I mean, we're not talking about a whole new system. We're just talking about the the things that they use to, to shoot up uh, against missiles. Um, they, they could do that with this $3.8 billion. But Congress is so supine and so willing to do whatever it wants for Israel because Israel supports the, the empire that uh, they roll over and, and give them money. The, the other thing is Israel, if it needed these, these refills for the Iron Dome, they could have raised their own taxes. Imagine that. I mean, this is a prosperous, prosperous country. Not, they call it a rich country now. Uh, it's not like it was 50 years ago. They could raise their own taxes and pay for whatever they need to get these missiles. If that's what they use it for, we give them a billion. Do we know they're going to spend it on that? Uh, they could use it for their walls or wh- whoever knows what, because I don't think uh, anybody looks at it too close closely. What? You look at that. Oh, my God. You doubt, doubt our integrity, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so DeLauro uh, set this all in motion by bringing it, up, bringing it up to the Appropriations Committee. Though we can't give her all the discredit because almost everybody in uh, the House of Representatives voted for it. I think only nine out of 450 or something voted against it. So that's pretty sad and pretty outrageous. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed to see that uh, AOC, I think, originally voted against it and then changed her vote to present or just like abstained from the vote. And then it was something like that. So Rashida Tlaib, who I don't get that. Right. So Rashida Tlaib, who who is Palestinian, uh, you know, she was, I think, one of the few who voted against it. Right. And uh, yeah, really, really horrible stuff. And thank you for that background, Stan. And if you're just joining us, my name is Mike Murley, and the name of this program is Mike Check on WPKN Independent Community Radio, 89.5 FM in Bridgeport, broadcasting for a little bit longer from the campus of the University of Bridgeport and streaming on the web at WPKN.org. And I am joined in conversation this evening by Stanley Heller of Middle East Crisis Committee, Promoting Enduring Peace, and The Struggle Video News. Stan, the, the, um, the New England Network for Justice for Palestine has a day of action right. com- coming up in November next month. Almost, you know, tomorrow starts November. Um, so it's coming up very soon. Um, so there's this day of action that's going to be coming up. Uh, around around Palestine solidarity and advocacy, and it and specifically because we're here in Connecticut, um, the the New England Network for Justice for Palestine is taking the lead on some local regional efforts. Can you first talk a little bit about, um, to your knowledge, 
the what is the New England Network for Justice for Palestine and Coalition, New England Network for Justice for Palestine, and um, want to make sure I got the the wording right. And then, can you also talk about the Day of Action coming up? So it's uh, groups of uh, a coalition of groups from the various New England states, from Maine down to uh, Connecticut, and uh, you know we talk about. Uh, things that could be of benefit to Palestinians and try to take some actions and do educational events and so on. And uh, so the November 29th is designated by the United Nations as a day of solidarity with the Palestinian people. And so this year people discuss, you know, what should be done. And uh, they decided that each state would do its own action along the lines of uh, no more money for Israel's crimes and uh, spend money at home for social needs. There's actually a zippy uh, phrase that they came up with, and I can't remember it, unfortunately. So each state is going to try to do its own thing. And um, New Hampshire and Connecticut are Talking about different ideas, but one that comes natural is about Ruger, uh, the gun company. And uh, that that it produces its guns in New Hampshire and has its corporate headquarters in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. And so uh, we might do something with that, or we might uh, talk to uh, – Congresswoman Delora, I'll go down to her place and talk about uh, some Palestinian issues, including that billion. So that's that's it's pretty far off, but uh, it's uh, almost a month away. But people can uh, make a note of that and uh, try to uh, take some kind of action uh, for Palestinians on November 29th. It's a, it's a Monday night, by the way. Okay, so it's um, Monday, November 29th, and it's going to be a national or international uh, day of action. No, just regional. Uh, well, the U.N. has this uh, day. Usually they just have the officials make speeches down at the U.N. So uh, we in New England are going to try to uh, bring it into the streets. Okay, so it's so it's not that there's going to be... You know, groups across the country doing, you know, simultaneous Right. Only New England, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. Um, So so that'll be really powerful. And, I mean, I know there was a protest outside of Rosa DeLauro's office in New Haven uh, several months ago. Can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about just how that that went? Well, it was... uh, for, for recent protests, it was pretty large. It was about, uh, I don't know, about 50 people, I'd say. And people were there for uh, some time. And then they took the streets, marched right down Orange Street in New Haven uh, with banners and so on. Um, this was pretty much at the height of things in May and June, if you recall. There were five demonstrations Inside of Connecticut, a thousand people in New Haven, a thousand people in Hartford, and then smaller demonstrations in Stingford and Waterbury and one other city whose name I don't remember. But uh, just around that time, people went down to her 
uh, office on Elm Street in New Haven and uh, demonstrated. Yeah, is it, did anyone from her office come out to say anything? No, no. Yeah, I, I have she to say... doesn't respond very much. Yeah, I have to say that I actually called up and expressed how I felt about the bill when when that when that was going on last month and her uh her assistant to uh just kind of listened to what I had to say and then you know was like okay well thank you for sharing your opinion and I was like okay well do you do you, can I give you my my contact information and he was like mm-hmm. well that's not necessary and I was like well how will congresswoman deloro you know respond to my concerns if uh if I'm not giving you my contact information, you know, and he was just like, yep, that's, uh, that's unnecessary. And so that was very, very telling that, uh, you know, as a constituent, you know, I called up, I, I did my part and, or I did something. I called up and I, I made my voice heard and it was just obvious that, you know, her, her office and her staff could, you know, absolutely didn't care absolutely was like yep thanks thanks for that thanks for whatever it is that you just said bye-bye yeah pretty disappointing um and she's in for so long and so powerful but uh, so anyway unfortunately most congressmen and women are like that well, yeah, yeah sorry, go ahead. a lot of yeah certainly a lot of uh but it's you know when when they're representing us you know when they're actually uh you know, doing things in our name as our, you know, our elected officials here in Connecticut, it's personal or more personal. So, um, anyway, Stan, I know you've written a book about, you've written a book about Zionism, which you've spoken about, um, several times on this show and you've spoken extensively on the subject and, you know, you were telling me about Something that that you mentioned in the book and that you've talked about before, I believe, on the program, um, with regard to a medallion, a specific medallion mm. of historical significance, and there was a, some discussion more recently that has come up about it, and um, and I wanted to, I wanted for you to to take time to respond to that um, at this time if you wanted to. Sure. Well, I came across this article in uh, this Israeli uh, website. Uh, it's part of a big newspaper there, Ynet. And um, I don't remember the headline exactly, but it was all breathless about this coin, which it called, uh, that had been uh, discovered. And it, was, uh, it was a unique historical curiosity, and it marked a, a uh, unfortunate period in which... Uh, you know, something great might have happened, but uh, it, it, the, the chance didn't. So what is this all about? The the picture that comes with it is, is grotesque. On one side of the coin is a Jewish star, and the other side is a Nazi swastika. Now, this thing is real. It, uh, it wasn't really a coin. It was a medallion. Back in uh, 1933... When Hitler came in and uh, the Jews of the world uh, were, you know, aghast and started boycotts and demanded action and so on and so forth, the Zionist organization of uh, Germany and then of Palestine said, uh, well, this actually is an opportunity for us. 
You know, Hitler wants the Jews out of Germany. We want the Jews in Palestine. Now well, we can work out a deal. And so they started doing stuff. Uh, we've talked about this before, but one of the things they did is they invited this man named von Mildenstein, who was in the SS. People know that infamous uh, organization. He, he headed the Jewish desk of the SS, and they said, come to Palestine. We'll put you up for six months, and you'll see how great it is here. So he actually went there and then wrote a, um, a series of articles for uh, the Angriff, which was a paper put out by Goebbels, Goebbels uh, the, the notorious propagandists of the Nazis, and uh, to sell subscriptions, they made this medallion, and you would get this medallion uh, if you took a subscription. And uh, so the article in the, in the Israeli newspaper was saying, all oh, this, you know, if, if the Nazis and the Zionists had, you know, continue this thing, I mean, it was just madness. And, and I wrote a, an article about this for the magazine New Politics. If people go to newpol, N-E-W-P-O-L dot org, um, I think mine is the first article that's still up there, or maybe the second now. But uh, it's, it's an interesting thing uh, that happened way back. And the thing that's important, and I'll try to be real fast, is because in 2016, uh, Livingston, who had been the mayor of London, who was an important Labour Party person, said something about this period of Zionist history, this very shameful deal-making with the Nazis. And people jumped all over him and said he was a Nazi apologist. I mean, here he was criticizing it. And anyway, so he basically was suspended and he quit the Labour Party after all, you know, decades and decades in the group. And part of the problem is people didn't know that history. And um, people really need to. So that's why I dredged up this whole incident from 1934 when they put out the medallion and, and wrote about it for new politics. Thank you for, for sharing that, Stan. And yeah, it's, that's, you know, really important history, like you said, that um, that more people should should know about. And and it, was I right that it was mentioned in your in your book as well? Yeah, we took we talk about it in the book. Uh, certainly not that article that was in Ynet, but the whole incident. But, you know, the the picture of that coin really kind of symbolizes Zionist activity from let's say uh, 1933 to 1939. And Lenny Brenner, who was really one of the in modern times to write about this stuff. In the uh, reissue of his book, Zionism in the Age of the Dictators, put the picture of that coin up on the front cover. And so that was Lenny Brenner. Mm -hmm. And so, Stan, we have just a few minutes left. So right. are there... So, so I, 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 want, I want to give you a few moments to speak about some upcoming projects that are going to be happening with Promoting Enduring Peace, which is one of the groups that you're with here in Connecticut? Sure. Um, well, we'll change the subject completely and talk about climate. And uh, 
what the media likes to call climate change, as if it was this lovely natural thing that's happening. Actually, what we're looking on is climate collapse. And we do have uh, nine years to try to prevent it, um, at least to get over the first hurdle in 2030, where we have to cut back on carbon by 50%. Um, and PEP has this big program, which we've talked about, saying we're in an absolute emergency. We need to take over and shut down the fossil fuel companies gradually and to ration the burning of fuel, whether it's fossil fuels or wood or biofuels and, you know, just use it for those who have to use it. And then we have to massively rewild and, uh, you know, preserve forests and have more of them. I know you've had the, the people from Remington Woods on, and that's a very important thing coming up November 16th in Bridgeport. Yeah, Lila Florell. We also got into a smaller project just, I don't know, about 10 days ago in California. A law was passed, signed by the governor, that within two years is banning the sale of small off-road gas-powered engines. So what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about lawnmowers, leaf blowers, uh, hedge trimmers, and things like that. Now, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. One is it's terrible for the workers. Um, you know, these things do not have catalytic converters. They don't have any kind of anti-pollution uh, equipment, so they just burn the gasoline, and the people holding it are just sucking it up. And they're going along the side of the road and doing what they have to do and, and getting all this, this stuff in the air, in their lungs, rather. Um, and besides gases, they're fine particulates, as they call them, tiny, tiny little pieces, which are able to penetrate into the lungs and very bad for these people. And, of course, you know, it takes years, I suppose, for uh, the stuff to affect them, like the old the black lung disease for the miners. You can't prove it. But it, obviously, it's bad. Uh, and the amount of stuff that comes out is unreal. There's this uh, company called Edmonds that uh, used to produce books and now have, does websites where you can find cars and how much to pay for a used car. Ten years ago, they did a study they, that said if you run a leaf blower, I guess, a leaf blower for, I think it was two hours, some rather small time. It was the equivalent of driving uh, 1,300 miles or an even bigger number. Hey, Stan. So incredible amount of uh, miles. Stan, th thank, you for, uh, thank you for that. We're running out of time. Ford truck. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, we're running out of time, Stan. So um, thank you for, for that important background. Really quick, how can our listeners learn more about um, the projects of Promoting Enduring Peace, um, the New England Network for Justice for Palestine and the upcoming action on the November 29th and find your article okay. at New Politics as well. Sure. Well, the first thing uh, is that the website pepeace.org pepeace.org and the, the big article on the homepage is all about this law that's in California and all the bad effects of, of the gas and, and what we ought to do it in Connecticut and other places. Uh, another site is thestruggle.org and for our TV, it's thestrugglevideo.org. 
and um, New England Network for Justice in Palestine. Uh, if you look up those words, um, you'll be able to find it. But it'll be on PEPs and the struggle also as we get closer to November 29th. And thank you so much. Stanley Heller for joining me once again tonight on Mic Check. Thank you for all the important work you're doing and uh, hope you have a, a nice rest of your Halloween. Yeah, have one, a good one for yourself and all the listeners. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much, Stan. This has been Mike Check and I'm Mike Murley. Be sure to tune in next Sunday night at 5.30 for another episode. And next up, we have the Ralph Nader Radio Hour, followed, of course, by Cool Blues and Rare Records with Al Bell. So please, stay tuned right here to WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport, wpkn.org.